If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Irma Jager is a nonviolent communication practitioner. So nonviolent communication, engaging in respectful, compassionate conversations with people we disagree with. It's been a bit of that lately, and we've talked a bit about that, and we thought it would be good for an ongoing kind of series of chats. So Irma Jager is with us this morning on RCR. Hi, Irma. Thanks for coming on. I'm delighted to be here, Paul. Can can words be violence? Mm. Yeah, I get asked that a lot. And, and I, I'm aware that for some people, even when they hear the word nonviolent communication trainer or non-vi- nonviolent communication, there is some resistance to that because they go like, well, I'm not violent. And, and very often we, we think violence is when I hit someone or when I do physical harm. And... Um, the word nonviolent comes from um, more the way that Gandhi used it. It's it's when um, when there is no anger residing in our heart, and yeah, over the years years I've learned that you know that words can well you can call it violent or non compassionate or yeah. um, you know they can they can cause a lot of pain uh, between people. And, Their words and I think matter, don't they? Words, words really do matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Um, I know that you live cooperatively with seven households, top of the South Island. So in that situation, well, there's a lot of uh, communication going on there. Yes, and I, I actually think this is where my biggest learning has, uh, has started when, when I delved into nonviolent communication. And, and our reason to do this was because we were parents of young children and we realized that we, we wanted to be different with them. We didn't want to come from a power over style of parenting. We wanted to find a way where that wasn't permissive, but that provided a lot of respect and clarity to our kids. Um, and so we started the journey with them. And then, uh, you know, we were already, already living with a few people, but it sort of organically grew. And man, I learned a lot by living on the same piece of land, milking the same cows, uh, sharing the gardening. And I'm really grateful for the experience of, of um of realizing that communication it's everywhere but actually it starts with me with me with my own self-talk so when yeah. we talk about nonviolent communication it's not just about how i speak to you or anyone else it's also the, the stories i'm telling myself and that's where where it starts there's a lot of what i would call and there always has been really lash out communication people just lash out you know they mm-hmm. Obviously, you haven't given it much thought, and they're kind of sprung loaded for a an aggressive lashing out or, or aggressive response. Is that is that what the culture has done? Ah, yes, I really like that question, and I'd I'd like to bring us back to well, as I see it, this is a bit my personal view, but it, it's I think some some of my co trainers would would be aligned with me. Is I think ten thousand years ago was a big shift on our earth. Is we 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 stopped being hunter gatherers and we started to settle. And to claim that this is my land and this is my wife, and you know, we we the, the ownership became a thing. And I think with that, we needed to have a, a, a language that was coming from a power over, because how else can you defend what you own? And um, yeah, you have to not- assert, you have to show sometimes aggression, I suppose, depending on how insistent the other part who's trying to get your stuff 
as being. So yeah. we can understand why that would be. Well, that's where I would like to offer a different thing. I, I think that was what was chosen, you know, and it became our culture. And it was in nonviolent communication, we call it jackal language, a language we use uh, that's not coming from the heart, but it's, it's, it's connected to competition. Uh, there's a lot of judgments. And whereas we use the giraffe, for example, as a symbol for compassionate communication, I think it was, it was used, it was chosen, and it's now become our culture. This is our culture. This is how we speak. And so we have at least 5,000 years of jackal language, which is, is permeated into all of society. And mm. um, me, as a, as a certified trainer, along with uh, 10 other trainers here in New Zealand, but about 850 worldwide, we really like to offer a different way of communicating where I can, I can be defending that piece of land or I can defend what's important to me, but I do it with care for the other. So, yeah. so to bring in a language where we realize that everyone matters. It's interesting because, I mean, just thinking of myself here, and and I think the last few years have been very important for a lot of people sort of growing up, actually, because we've been exposed to things that, you know, we had a very benevolent, um, you know, series of decades, and then this thing came along and got us thinking. But um, one of the things that came out of it for me, and I wonder what you'd make of this, and I think it would be other people too, is, is even though you're mad as hell with a lot of people, in the end, what's the point of being nasty about it? Because you're only, they're only going to double down. You're only going to sound like you're bitter and twisted. You won't get a result probably um, in any sort of direction that you would want. So best to keep the mouth closed. And I kind of just end up feeling sorry for some people who appear to me to be so entrenched and, you know, not so nice even to me personally. So what do you make of that? Yeah. Well, just wanting to acknowledge that, you know, that, that, that there's been a lot that's been happening in the last three years. And, and what you're sort of referring to is a sort of, I guess, we have a shared reality around that. And I think it doesn't really matter even what your reality was, you know, whether you were very aligned with the government policies or where you weren't. Um, I think it's been really um, had a big impact on everyone yeah. just to acknowledge that. And um, before I would always want the last word. It was always, you know, the, yeah, forget about that. <laughs> you yeah, know, you never, yeah. you never, it's never ending if you want the last word because the other person wants the last word too. You know, that's right. And we're we're by, we're we're continuing that cycle where nobody gets heard, and so it takes one of us in the conversation. And some people ask me, oh, well, when when I want to be compassionate, I need the other one also to play the game. It's like actually, my experience is it only takes one. You know, it's the same as with fighting, is if the other person just stops, you know, uh, um, like in, and people in martial arts know a lot about it. You know, yeah, there's other ways to diffuse. And sometimes yeah. it, it, it often actually, I my experience is that very often the people that have had maybe more our reality sort of in the last few years, we're the ones that actually saying, you know, I don't want this anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep mm. doing this. I'm going to. Well, no, actually, we're finding ways we with the, the royal we to effectively communicate and and understand what we're dealing with so there's a lot of thought gone into it mm -hmm. actually and you'd only put that thinking into it if you wanted to repair stuff if you wanted to yeah. kind of restore it you know otherwise yeah. you'd be done yeah but there's one thing that you said that i um then this is i guess is my motivation to actually take time and to speak to you this morning is when you say, well, I, I just decide to shut up. And for me, I, I would love for us to have the conversations. And yeah, sure, sometimes yeah. sometimes I think the best strategy is to say, hey, I'm just going to take a pause here, yeah. especially when I notice I'm triggered. Uh, and sometimes I actually say that, hey, I notice I'm really triggered right now. 
And, and if I start speaking, I'm worried about our connection. And so I'm just going to take a pause and not respond. And, and even that will diffuse because people go like, oh, oh, wow. She's just taking, taking a pause. She's acknowledging that there's a trigger mm. and she, that, that our connection matters. Yeah. And then if it's, if it's an important relationship and I have an opportunity, I will get back to it and say, hey, God, now that I've taken a little bit of time. Um, and often I'm, I'm then the first one to empathize with what's going on for the other. Mm. Like, you know, that, that is often a first step where we can make a shift. You know, it, instead of the, the the fighting and the going back and forth, it's magical when you're just reflecting back. For example, if someone calls me a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> you know, it's very tempting to go, well, look at you and you're just a sheep and la la la, you know, yeah. there we go. There totally. we go. Mm. Is that the world I want to live in? No. And so if I could be more empathic, it's like, well, first of all, I get triggered. So what my... Um, my practical suggestion to people is, is to just repeat what you just heard, because that takes already a little bit of a break. It's like, ha, ah, you, you think I'm a, a conspiracy theorist, right? Like, just repeat what they just said. And yeah. for them to hear that back, it, there will already be a little bit of a shift. Like, okay, oh, yeah. that's what I just said. I'm, I'm calling her names. I'm, I'm putting a label on her. And then I have two options. is either I express what's going on for me, but mostly, if I have capacity, I will say, hey, it looks like you really don't understand. And you would really love to understand like where I'm coming from. And, yeah, and you're there's confused. an opportunity, right? That's now an opportunity to, yeah. to go further. Um, it seems to me then recently there has been a lot of violent communication. And it's been not just from everyday people. It's been from the top down, which is really concerning. The leadership of the country. Yeah, and, and that's the hardest thing, hey, because, uh, you know, it's almost, um, it, 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 they, they are no longer, like, I. it's hard to see, for example, politicians or the people that make decisions that impact me and you and everyone, to see them as people. Because they actually, they 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 are not acting as, as, a, as, a, as a man or a woman, they are actually in a, in a, in a role. And it's, it's, a, it's an act, they're acting, they're actors. And, and that's, that's where I've really struggled these last three years. How can I find compassion? with these people because they actually not, you know, it would be different. If if I would have had Jacinda, you know, having a cup of tea with her, I, I, I'm sure, you know, with a little bit of, of effort from my side, I would have found a place to connect and I would have been able to maybe hear some of her and I would have been able to share some of the impact. But of course we don't get those opportunities. And so what instead what 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 I what I see and I saw happening in myself, but also in, in a lot of people, we create enemy images. We, these these people that are in those roles, they become enemies. And everything they say, and I know because I'm speaking from experience and I really, really needed to work hard to change that. Every word they say is adding to that, oh, yes, yeah, see, oh, they're this, they're that. And what I realized is that actually the impact it had on me, on my emotional well-being, on my, my, my mental health. And, and that's when I was going like, oh, thank you for this opportunity because First of all, they don't hear about all my judgments. They, it's not going to change any of what they're doing. It, the that's only thing that's before. really impacted it, yeah. it's it's me. It's my it's my uh, my health. And I, and then I was like, I don't want to give them that power. So yeah. I was able to really let go and, and go like, yeah, I, I I just need to find my own way. It seemed it seemed to me, and I'm sure others that. Quite a few people in our community, probably about half, but the very vocal ones, a subset of that, actually 
intensified the way they communicated in in that way through that period and seemed to quite enjoy it. Yeah, we were a country at war, Paul. I don't know if that sounds maybe quite dramatic, but that's how I experienced it. And there were people on both sides that were helping dig those trenches. And so we were going deeper and deeper and until we couldn't actually see each other anymore. We couldn't even see the beauty in each other. And, and this has been something that I've been very passionate about, especially in the last two years, is to build a bridge again. Building bridges between those trenches so that people can at least start listening to each other and hearing each other. And, and I think we're still in those trenches. And, and of course, you know, the whole COVID has sort of moved to other, other areas of our life. But I think um, New Zealand and the Western world is more polarized than ever. Yeah, there's a residual polarization that's come from that. that's still there and, and has spread to other things. Yeah. Um, in terms of practical tools, let's say, people listening now, um, I guess there's a bit of common sense in this. But, you know, um, when you teach this, um, coach this, whatever the word is, there'll be some, you know, benchmarks that you use, I'm sure. So, you know, faced with, let's say a relative, I'll I'll try and throw up a situation scenario, a relative, um, you know, um, long family association, decades, you've split, split let's say on this particular one, but on some issue, and the um, communications deteriorated over time. And I'm kind of describing (laughs) maybe a situation I know. Um, and you basically ground to a standstill on really talking about anything, but you don't, I mean, you love them because they're your family and, and life's too short. What's the way of getting back into that? I, I really appreciate Who makes the this. first move? Yeah, well, who makes the first, first move? Yes, yeah. that's it. Is who's going to pick out of that trench and say, instead of thinking, oh, I'm weak, I'm giving in, who is he's seeing that as an act of actually strength? to be able to be vulnerable and to peek over the edge and say, hey, are you still there? Because actually, I don't like this. I know that it, you know, inside me, I still feel love for you. And, and I know that we've lost our way. Um, and so, yeah, who makes the first step? Hmm. Well, I, th- I think we know the answer to that probably, because if they're That's not right. going to. No. Um, so then, yeah, so so then I, I would like to share a bit more about that, but because I think what, what would be, could be a first step. And I don't want to put words in people's mouths. Like, I, you know, some people might write it down and say, oh, if I talk like Irma, then I will fix my relationship. No, it's just, <laughs> it's just your thoughts and suggestions, nothing yeah. consultational about it, you no. know, on any sort of level. <laughs> so, yeah, good um, good uh, uh, um, waiver there. So carry on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's more about, you know, I want people to be authentic. This, you know, for me, this this way of, of speaking is actually about authentic communication. So instead of, of of doing it right, it's not about that. It's finding, it's connecting to your head because we've all been in our head. You know, we get in those trenches because we're in our head. We're thinking there's a right and a wrong way to think. You know, we think we follow the science or we think, you know, like we have all these sort of things. So what I would invite people is to get into their head. And um, one way to do that is, is first, before you make that move, is, is actually what you're doing right now with me expressing it to someone who's not part of it. And to say, gosh, you know, I've got this relationship and I, I know there's love there. And it's, at the moment, it's covered with layers and layers of stuff. And I want to find my way back. And in that way, to receive some empathy for that, to, to just acknowledge it. And then and when, 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 when you're being heard for the pain that you actually have um, with, with the, the disconnection, it's like it's really painful, you know, these these disconnections that have built up over over these last few years. It's like, oh, I so long for more connection. Mm. And even that, the listener doesn't even need to do much. It's just like acknowledging it. 
And then the next step would be is actually reaching out to that person and say, hey, I've been, gosh, I just want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm struggling. I'm really, I'm, and, and so just start from the I. I think that's one tip <laughs> is, is instead of you, right. this or that, it's like I. I yeah. notice I feel so sad and I feel um, actually overwhelmed of the thought of 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 even bringing this up to you because of our our experiences but i'm 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 really longing for a different way i'm yeah. longing for connection those are some some of the things that and what i'm doing here is, is i'm sharing my feelings and then i'm connecting it with my needs my need for connection my need for peace and harmony hmm. and when i express that then i would want to make a request and say hey so so i'm wondering how one thing could be how is this for you to hear is, is yeah. something similar yeah. coming up for you? Yeah. Are you willing to have? Um, are you willing to open up again and to let let that we open our hearts and leave our heads behind and our our brains for a little while? Mm. And and then it's of course you want to know that the other person is also really willing, and they might first come back with you like it might not be all rosy lovey dovey from the start. They might first yeah, but you know, as long as you have these radical ideas, I, yeah. I can't talk to you. Okay, yeah. then there's an opportunity to stay with them again. Mm. And say, hey, you know, it sounds like you're quite scared. You know, when you think about some of the things that you've heard me say, you're, you're scared. You're fearful of, of, of the way I think and you just don't understand. And then they might come back again with something. Yeah, because la, la, la. And this is, this is, this is the work. It's yeah. work. It's hard work, Paul. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. But, but you're kind yeah. of engaging again. And it's like, I guess it's like climbing a rock face, right? <laughs> you sort of bang in the, the thing and pull yourself up and then yeah. bang in another one and, and pull yourself up more. Yeah. Um, what, what if there you, – you can't burn the bridges, can you? So you'd always have to leave the door open even if it doesn't – you don't get the kind of response, you know, like a complete pushback. You'd still want to say, well, my phone – you know my number anytime. Mm. Call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That you're that you're you're actually opening your heart, and that you know, like, okay, it, it looks like we're not ready to do this right now. Mm. Just acknowledging that, but you know, just just that you know, maybe who knows? And and I'm and I'm keen to work on this, and I know it might not be easy because of all that's happened, but I'm committed because I want something different. I want I want a world where we can actually um, at least be sort of real with each other. Um, you might end up broaching issues, you know, specific issues, which are probably behind whatever ground your relationship down to where it was or is now anyway. And there's not just what happened in the last three years. There are wars and all sorts of developing issues that um, can polarize people. Um, so do you try and identify the specific issues, do you think, and and kind of work on them? Uh, because... Um, I've heard people say, you know, if you try try and hit people with too many facts, too much knowledge, it's it's too much for them. It's a tsunami. You sound arrogant, um, and and that's not going to work either. You, do you have to sort of drip feed stuff, or just don't go there? Well, uh, the one thing that I um, that I like sharing is 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 that I want to connect before I educate. A lot of this is what we do is, is that we someone says something and then we want to educate them. We want to whatever word you use, but we want to share, you know, something that we've learned. And for me, I've, I've really learned to step back and to to realize I first want to establish a connection. I don't want to just assume that they want to hear what's going on for me. I actually want to ask them, are you interested? Are you interested to hear where, where I'm coming from? But before that, you know, that they do have a sense that there is a connection. 
Because how many of us have tried to get through to other people with all the stuff that we've read and known? And, and we, we end up being so frustrated because we're not being heard. And I would like people to take responsibility for that. Because I don't like it when, when, when I'm doing something and someone comes in and starts, you know, uh, giving me all their stuff and what I should be doing. And it's even down to, you know, this is not just with the big stuff, with something small. Uh, say, you know, I recently had a friend who had a broken toe and he said he was overwhelmed with the amount of advice he got. Because I was talking about, like, I, I'm aware that you haven't asked for advice. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, uh, like, can I make a suggestion? I, have you got capacity? And, and you know, there's then a, there's a gratitude that, oh, yes, don't assume that I want to be fixed. Actually, you know, most of the time we might want to be heard first. It's like, gosh, that really sucks, doesn't it? That you can't, you know, run the way you were running before, that you're so yeah. limited in you. And, and then we have connection. And then we can say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this and I've got some experience. Would you like to hear? Yeah. They've and got the option of, no, thank you then, yeah, rather than just absolutely. having it crammed yeah. at them. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned empathy. That, as I understand it, is the ability to put yourself in other people's shoes or into their mindset as best as you can. That's That must be helpful. Yeah. Yes, and I think uh, a lot of people uh, are very confused about the difference between uh, sympathy and empathy. Uh, there's, there's a huge difference. The sympathy is actually, uh, you're actually almost staring up their feelings of being a victim. You're like, oh, poor you. Oh, that really, it's, that must be, you know, it's so hard. And then very often we then go into our own stories. You know, we, we, we take away from them and we're trying to cheer them up. We're trying to give them a cookie. We're trying to, you know, like, oh, don't be so glum. You know, soon it will be better. There's no empathy in that. Empathy is when I'm I'm really present with your experience, and I'm I'm I, I have a separation. You know that I, it's not about me. Sympathy is about me. I'm actually wanting to fix you because I'm uncomfortable. Empathy is my my ability to be with your tears, with your pain, and to support you, because I trust that you have you have the wisdom to find a way forward. You have the wisdom, so I want to support you to find your strategy out of this. But I'm not going to do it for you. Yeah. And by doing that, you can see sort of through their eyes how they must be seeing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that informs you of how possibly to behave as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And there's another thing that you just said that I'd love to connect with. Is like when we're talking about, um, you know, anything, you know, that's happening in the world, it's like how can we how can we talk about these things when we have such different views on it? It's, it's the awareness that that we're talking on the level of strategies. And this is a big concept in, in nonviolent communication, is to be make a difference between uh, our needs, our longings, our values, and the strategies we use. And what helped me in the last three years, for example, is that taking a jab or not taking a jab, both of them are strategies. They're not needs. And, and to connect it with the need underneath is that the people that chose to go and, and get the jab in their, in their arm they were fulfilling need for most obvious one is maybe health, safety. That was there. That was that was what they were trying to fulfill. Fear. Yeah. So that is for me. That's more a feeling. They were feeling fearful, right? And they were trying to fulfill a need for health, uh, for yeah, uh, safety, okay. but also belonging, belonging yeah, because we were the team, right? And that was, of course, there's that language. Like th- that was very clever how the that government. That was a very wicked way of putting yeah. it. Actually. Well, they were. the government is aware that people have a need to belong. I mean, they might not word it in this way, but this is what they did. And this, yeah. they were trying to share. If we say that 95% of people have taken the jab, we go like, oh, shit, well, you know, I don't want to be the last one. 
And I don't believe those figures. Or, I didn't or believe it must them. be okay, otherwise 95% yes. wouldn't yeah. agree to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then other people, they chose to take it because and it was simply because of what they have a need for security, financial yeah. security. Which overrode you know, any they, health downside that they didn't think about, obviously, but yeah. 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 Wow. And then there's people on the other side that said, no, I, 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 I'm I, choosing not to take the jet because, and, and, and I was one of them, is because Same. I'm very connected, very connected to my need for autonomy, health, yep. the same one. Like, you know, if you look at the way I eat, I know I, I know almost everything I put in my body. Why would I put something in my yeah. body that I don't know? For, very simple. Um, I had a need for yeah autonomy, choice, health. Um, and then also the belonging came up because that was a bit hard because we were feeling quite lonely. And then and then these communities were created that we might call the freedom communities where we found our belonging again. Yeah. And but that we, helped but, us actually. Yeah, but you didn't know, well, you could probably anticipate there would be a bit of coalescing that would come naturally. But at first, no one kind of knew how it would shake out. It seems to me that um, that those who who said no were able to override the group, the need to be in a group. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's not a small thing, I don't think. Mm, no. You know, they I were know. able to, even at an early stage, because that's a very strong instinct, isn't it, as we've seen? Yeah, because I think belonging also equals safety. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's our... Herd it's safety. Our, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about, uh, um, I'm just looking at the list of, of um, tools here, and um, we're coming up on time shortly. Reflective listening, is that what it sounds like? Yeah, for me, reflective listening and empathy are very close. And and reflective listening is 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 a strategy, is a way to actually give empathy. And so so when you're sharing something with me, and I can see that you're you know this it, is quite big for you, is what I would do is is I would reflect back what I've just heard by guessing some of your feelings and needs. And it's like magic, you know, like you can see, and some people they just well up just just because what what what's happening there is that. You've, you're you're offering the the gift of presence with them, which is very rare in our society. We're all so busy and we just carry on and we just bounce off each other and we don't actually pause and say, "Hey, you know, it, it sounds like this this was really hard, right?" And and you you know you were longing for and and so we're 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 just and for me what's underneath it is probably it 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 connects with something about that they really know that they matter because I'm taking the time. And reflective listening, as I said before, sometimes it's just a matter of just saying back, gosh, you know, you were in an accident yesterday. You didn't see the red light. You know, I'm just saying what yeah, they just shared Yeah, rather than saying, you useless damn driver. I, I knew you should never have had a license. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> How painful is that? So instead of yeah. making them wrong, they're already struggling. They are telling themselves they're wrong and they're useless. What I'm doing, what I'm offering is just presence. I don't need yeah. to judge them. I'm just wanting to be with them. And, you know, at the end of those, when, when people have been really hurt, they will come up and say, hey, you know what? I, I think I'm actually not fit to have a driver's license yet. I think I need a few more lessons. But it comes from them. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's empowering and a lot more meaningful. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's really interesting. Do you have any closing comments Irma, before and tell us how to get in contact too if people are, are thinking i need to talk to Irma. <laughs> well i i would love to finish off i'm not sure if you know charles eisenstein but he wrote a book um which has the title let's create a more beautiful world our hearts know is possible 
Yeah. And and every time I say that, I I, I get a little yeah, I feel quite tender, because um, I know it's possible. I I do know it's possible, and and I love that the word heart is in there. I think we I, I would love people to get out of their head more and get into their hearts and to connect what is important. And what it does for me, the first step is self compassion, because I cannot be compassionate with anyone else if I if I'm actually giving myself shit all the time. If I'm having a lot of shoots, I'm telling myself I'm useless. How can I how can I do that? I need to fill up my cup. And from that I can spill over. And that's when I can bring compassion into the world. And and the other thing is a closing comment is is I know that it, there's quite a lot of talk about Israel and what's happening in the Middle East. For me, fundamentally, in our families, even within myself, we are waging wars. And for me, fundamentally, they all come down to the same root. And of course. It's very different when we're talking about lives being lost. So I'm, I don't want to make like that sort of comparison. But mm. I can't change that situation. I can change it in my life, in my family, in my community, and hopefully in New Zealand by having these sort of talks with you. So um, I really encourage people to to actually take responsibility. Next time they are being, you know, making a, a, a scathing comment or, or putting someone down. Is to Be say, the adult hey. in the room. <sighs> yes. Yeah. But not too intellectually. <laughs> more, no, from, more the from heart. Heart. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, and, and the question about you know getting in touch with me i i you know not just me as i said there's there's more uh, trainers in course, new zealand yeah. so we have a nvc.org.nz it's a, a new zealand website with uh, non nonviolent communication trainers um if you find if you search my name irma jager with uh, nvc nonviolent communication you will find me i've got my own website welcome.net.nz um Lots of people offer workshops around New Zealand, but also worldwide online. And, um, and you know, this is not the only way. There's, there's, there's lots of different ways to get back into your head. But this is just one of them that I'm, I'm very passionate about. Irma, thanks for coming on um, Reality Check Radio. Irma Jager, who is a certified trainer through the Center for Nonviolent Communication. And uh, you heard how you can connect with them. Thanks for coming on. We've got stuff to think about. And uh, we appreciate what you had to say. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio. Loving what you're hearing? Well, the establishment hates it. And right now, they're conjuring up new ways to try and censor RCR. To ensure you never miss a beat of the hard-hitting news you've come to know and love, make sure you're on the RCR mailing list. Get connected now at realitycheck.radio forward slash email.